If you're planning a wedding, then this is a podcast for you. With two shows per week and hosted by comedian and author Alicia McCormick, she'll help you become a bride chilla, make you laugh, and realize chair covers are ridiculous. Well, looky here. It's another episode of Q&A Thursday episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. And if you're listening to this the day it was released, it's Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas Eve to you. If not... Don't worry, this is not a Christmas-based episode. It's not like watching the Brady Bunch Christmas in July and you're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to watch this. I'm not in the Christmas mood. There's nothing really festive about this episode except for me. I'm always festive. If you're new to the show, welcome. Monday's episodes of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast are themed. I try and interview people. Thursday is all about you. It's all about you, girlfriend and boyfriend. It's all about answering your questions, getting all going. I don't know what accent that is today. However, we move on. Stop acknowledging your bad accents. My friend Josh, who uh, listens regularly, you know, he's like, you, you know, I was going to do his accent to take the piss, but he's always like, you know, you're doing a lot of different accents. You don't need to acknowledge when they're bad. So thanks, Josh. I love your feedback. You're fabulous. Today's show, I'm going to cover quite a few topics. I'm going to try and get through, as I've said in my newsletters, if you're a subscriber to my Save the Date newsletters, I've got a really nice backlog not really nice because it stresses me out because I wish I could do like 50 other shows to get through all of your questions. And I know some people say, I'm getting married in two months. I need you to answer my question really quickly. And I really try and get through them and prioritize as to when I think people need them answered. And I know coming into peak engagement season, like I'm going to bet you a thousand Probably way more than a thousand. That's a silly thing. Lots of people are getting engaged right now, today, or over the next week. So I'm hoping we will have lots of new bride chillers and groom chillers joining us in their wedding planning journey very soon. And I'm suspecting I'll be getting lots of new, Jesus, there you go, like I'm having a stroke, lots of new listener questions. So I really want to try and get through the ones I have because, you know, that's how it works. Front of the queue get in there first. So I'm going to try and just pump through some of the questions today. But of course, there'll be lots more opportunities coming up. And uh, we're in Australia at the moment. How, we, we wouldn't know, would you? Because I sound the same. <laughs> but I'll be doing some interviews while I'm here and uh, hopefully getting some more Veronica time. I'm going to play a bit of a clip in a minute from lovely listener Dean, who left me a voicemail. And uh, he mentions my mother-in-law, Veronica. If you haven't heard the episode, um, it's about it's a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed my mother-in-law, Veronica V, as uh, we all call her, and got her to co-host a Thursday episode and answer some of your questions. And she was uh, hilarious and ballsy and funny. And we've had lots of emails saying, bring Veronica back. So I will grab her um, after the Christmas craziness and sit her down and give her some good, solid mic time to answer some more questions. So if you do have questions that would be mother-in-law specific or you'd like her take on it, make a note in your questions that you're sending through. I'll, I'll ask her. She'll love it. Here's something I love. When you send me articles, funny things, tips, websites, I try and share anything that you send through that I find value. I try and share. And I have to just quickly mention, um, <laughs> I got a message from a lovely Facebook follower called Ingrid. And she said, um, here, Alicia, here's a lovely story. I thought you'd like it. And the link goes to a wonderful story about a bride who chose her grandmother 
I love this. Her 89-year-old grandmother as her bridesmaid. Her name was Betty, and uh, everyone knows her as Nana Betty. And on the day, she stood proudly as one of her granddaughter's four bridesmaids in a beautiful dark purple dress. And Nana Betty is... You just read this article and you glow. I'm going to share it on the Facebook page today. You'll see it. Um, but it's just wonderful because, you, you know, you go, why wouldn't you choose, you know, your nana or your auntie or someone? It doesn't have to all be your four young friends or whatever. Um, just lovely. Just really lovely and also made me go, well, there are great ways to include family and friends. You don't have to have bridesmaids. I'm a really big fan of ditching the maids if they're not your bag. But, yeah, bring Anna in. Give her a role. She's great. She's sassy enjoy it. Thank you, Ingrid, for sharing that with me. It's really nice to receive those sort of things. I try and be Alicia everywhere and see all those sort of stories, but um, often I miss them. I really do. So to the Q&A questions, this is what it is all about, girlfriend. Uh, the first question, that was awful, by the way. The first question comes from Sadie, who contacted me via the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Facebook page. Just send me a DM. DM me, guys. She says, hello, Alicia. I wanted to ask you a question about dealing with anxiety on your wedding day. I know you had an episode that dealt with confidence and anxiety, but I wanted to know if you had some suggestions for me. I was thinking about wearing a super thick veil so I could avoid seeing everyone looking at me, but I don't know that it's an actual thing. Thank you. Love your podcast so much. Okay, Sadie. Well, firstly, I'm sorry that this is even a problem for you, but also I want you to know that there are thousands of brides listening to this show right now who are thinking exactly the same thing, possibly not wearing the big thick veil, which is unique and uh well I've never heard of that but you know it's very inventive but also thinking it is not a day that a lot of people look forward to in the sense of the att- attention and if you do suffer from anxiety and you know your triggers and you might be in a position where the idea of the wedding is actually panicking you let alone all the actual stuff you have to do and the pressure and the stress that sometimes can be surrounding wedding planning it can be pretty hardcore and you can build it up and not necessarily in a good way so Sadie I wanted to thank you for being open and sharing that with me because I know that when people talk about depression and anxiety and mental health issues it makes it easier for other people to talk about it just last week, I had lovely listener Melissa on, who is a pride chiller that's been listening to the show for over a year, and she shared her wedding day, which if you haven't listened to the episode, it's a great listen. But she talked a lot about her battle and um, struggle with depression. And I was so grateful that she was sharing that and being open because I know that you know, it's a huge, huge part of society that we don't talk about, and we need to be talking about it and being more open and letting people... Um, I'm not saying you have to, you, you have to talk about this stuff, but just to have people that are being open and saying, yeah, this is happening. That's cool. I'm dealing with it, but I need you to know this is what's going on. And when it comes to anxiety surrounding these sort of days, it's really important for you to know what triggers you and what you are going to be doing on the day to prevent making this worse for yourself. If it's the idea of walking down the aisle in front of all these people, then maybe don't do the aisle walk. Remember Holly Smith, the wonderful celebrant, she was talking, I think it was episode, and this is me remembering now, I think it's 117. It's an episode about wedding vows. And she was great, but she said one of the things she's noticing, a lot of her brides and grooms are arriving together. They're doing a first look. 
So they're, they're meeting up earlier. They're having that lovely moment together where they greet each other for the first time and they have that photographed. And then they come to the service together and greet their guests. So you can stand there with your partner, hold their hand and welcome everyone in and not have that big moment that if it worries you walking down the aisle and everyone looking at you, then you walk in with your partner holding their hand and welcome everyone together. It's not about having to do things a certain way, especially if they make you feel uncomfortable or if you feel pressure to do something that that doesn't make you feel good. So I think you need to think about what it is that may trigger your anxiety, what it is that's worrying you. Please feel free to share this with me. I don't have to put it on the podcast, but also I think it would help if you can expand this sort of idea a little bit more. And we can try and come up with a bit of a plan to help you um, downgrade the anxiety and the worry that you're experiencing now. Because the last thing you want to do is not enjoy your day and not get the best experience out of it that you can because it's going to be amazing. And you are the keeper. You are the controller of the schedule and the plan and the vibe, and you can create whatever you want. So I think it's really important for you to think about what would make you feel comfortable. And if if not having 50 people or 100 people there, if that, if that freaks you out, then have a smaller wedding. You, you can do this. It's totally in your hands. I'm not saying the anxiety is in your hands because I know sometimes these things happen and you can't control it. But if you can monitor the situation and make sure that you create a day that something that you're really comfortable with, i.e. not having to wear a big veil to cover your face, to not have to see people, then, you know, we can work on a plan. Sadie, I'm so grateful that you shared that with me and you decided to contact me because I know a lot of people listening might encourage other people to talk about their anxieties, possible depression, and any other areas of life that's sometimes a little harder to share or harder to explain to people. It's really nice to be able to share that with you and and I hope that's what makes this podcast a little bit different from other wedding planning podcasts that may have arrived recently, uh, that you just... You know, we try and be open as a community of bride chillers and help each other out as much as we can. So it's really nice that you took the time and I'm so glad you're enjoying the show. I enjoy making the show. So samesies. And uh, I really look forward to hearing an update. No big thick fail. I don't want you to do that. You've got to show your gorgeous face. So as I said, I have a little bit of catching up to do, so I do apologize uh, that some of your questions come through, and I try and write back to them as soon as possible, but they don't always make it to air as quickly, um, you know, within the week that you send them. But I love, 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 love hearing, hearing from you via the voice message. I can't express to you how convenient and wonderful it is to receive your voice messages. Don't be shy. Honestly, it's like calling a friend. It's like leaving a voice message for a friend that no one ever listens to, but I listen to. I love a voice message. I really do. If you want to write to me and you go, oh, can't we bother writing? I'm in a car. Well, go to my website, click the button, and it says leave a voice message, and you can do it on your phone. It's so simple. Dean has done just that. Now, he's talking about, he's referring to an episode that went to air a couple of weeks back. It was episode 112. And one of the big topics I covered on that episode is finding your voice and making speeches and the fact that the bride is primarily in a lot of situations quite quiet or silent during the traditional wedding service reception, which I think is bullshit. And uh, Dean left me this amazing message. I'm going to play the whole thing because he's great. Just come on as a regular, Dean. 
Hi, Alicia. It's Dean. I'm sending you another message um, because quite clearly I have nothing better to do with my Friday afternoons. Um, it's becoming my new favourite hobby, actually, listening to your podcast uh, with a nice cup of tea and uh, especially the Q&As. And I tend to sit here shouting the answers or my opinions out at the computer, which is obviously pretty useless. So I thought, well, why not just record it and send it? Um, so on this week's podcast, you had a, um, a question from Olivia asking about um, female speeches at the wedding. So I've written down a few notes while I was listening to the podcast. Um, God, that sounds really fucking sad, doesn't it? Um, but uh, yeah, so the first thing I, I noticed was I just hate the notion that um, there's a set way of doing things um, at weddings. Um, I think basically those days are totally over. Um, we can do whatever we want at our weddings these days. And uh, if that means that you want to have a certain the speeches in a certain way, then absolutely do that. If you don't want to have speeches, then leave them out um, and it's fine. Do whatever um, suits you, basically. Um, thanks, Lucas. It's that cat. Um, the second thing I noticed is just to be realistic. If you're going to do speeches, be realistic about your abilities. Uh, if you're not a natural speaker... Um, and you're not used to giving presentations or whatever, then um, don't set yourself up to do a massive speech. Just keep it really simple. Have some bullet points and uh, just speak from the heart. At the end of the day, just remember that you're talking to your friends and family. So it's not a, a business presentation. Um, it is supposed to be an emotional um, event. So, uh, yeah, just go with your heart and, and make it nice and easy for yourself. Uh, you don't want to put loads of pressure on. Um uh, just one other thing I thought I mentioned about speeches, um, which you didn't talk about because it wasn't really in the question, but um, that's um, best man speeches. Um, well, I've got a friend who was the best man for his brother, and from the moment he found out he was going to be the best man, he was shitting his pants about the speech. And um, it's just something I think that a lot of men would be really, really nervous about because it is a high-pressure speech. And if you're just not used to doing that, it's an awful experience. And so I think for the bride and groom, it's if you're going to have a best man and you want him to do a speech, is just to understand you know, how he feels about it and um, to basically try and relax him and keep his nerves in the control. Um, and then just quickly on your other question, which was from Harry, about who should pay for the groomsman's um, clothes. And, uh, yeah, I think you're right, really. If it's a very specific style um, or if you've got um, morning suits, you're hiring morning suits or something, then you would definitely expect the bride and groom to pay for that. Um, but I think it is a great idea to say to your groomsman, you know, if you guys can turn up in a navy blue suit, we'll um, give you a tie. And then you can use the tie to sort of match in with your um, overall um, colour scheme or whatever you've got. And I think that's a nice way of doing it because um, most groomsmen will have a, a navy blue suit and if they haven't then yeah it is a great opportunity for them to buy one and uh, they they've got a great excuse to maybe spend a little bit more than they normally would and then they would get to keep that suit i think that's pretty much what i got for you so um oh and by the way you've got to get veronica back on what a ledge she was brilliant um you've definitely got to do more episodes with her um, i thought that's great um yeah so have a good week and uh, look forward to the next podcast. Bye.
Isn't he adorable? And what great responses. And it's so nice to hear a gentleman's perspective on some of these things because sometimes, I don't know, it's nice just to hear a different voice, different answer. I do have to laugh at you saying, Dean, that the speech doesn't have to be like a CV or something from a business conference. And I've often talked about being at a wedding, a friend of a friend's wedding. See, again, why was I there? Obligation gets central. But the groom did make a speech that sounded a little bit like it just came from his LinkedIn profile. And I couldn't quite understand if maybe he'd had some sort of, um, I don't know, mental sort of glitch where he thought this was an appropriate thing to be speaking about, his business achievements and his wedding. So I couldn't agree more. You need to be very focused on what you're talking about. Think about who your audience is and um, put a bit of time and effort into it. But great to hear your feedback, Dean, and thank you so much for taking the time to share that with us and encouraging people to leave voice message. And here's the other thing. Dean didn't leave the voice message via my website. He just sent me an MP3 that he'd recorded on his phone. And that's even easier than visiting the website. So if you are, a lot of people write to me, they go, oh, I really have been meaning to write to you, but I've been in the car or I'm on a train and I don't want to leave a voice message on the train. But when you get off, All you need to do is go to the voice memo app on whatever device you're using, record it, and then email it to me. And you can be as long as you want. I've got no restrictions. Just do it. Very handy. Well, there you go. There's one now. Golly. Audio professional should really turn the phone off when you're recording a podcast. Okay. The next note comes from Jenny. And she says, hey, Alicia, I've been listening to your podcast for months ever since I got engaged this summer. I've learned so many things. Great. You have the best tips to keep costs down and, in capital, stress around the event to a minimum. I'm so glad you said that because that's really the goal. I've never imagined myself in a fancy white dress. I never wanted to pick out the colors. And thinking about flowers or centerpieces makes me want to vom. Oh, you sound like my sort of girl. All of my friends think I am crazy for not having any interest in these things. So my question is, how can I be a bribe without being bridal? How can I have a wedding without all the frills? Thank you so much, Alicia. Okay, so here it is. I feel like your soul sister, Jenny, because I am also a person. I'm also a former bride. I've lived through it all who felt exactly the same way as you. I really felt like when I got engaged that I was supposed to suddenly become interested in all this shit. And I wasn't. I love, you know, the aesthetics of design. I love nice things, don't get me wrong, but I don't have an active memory of ever dreaming of a big wedding. I dreamt of finding a man, a partner, that loved me and laughed at my jokes. Basically, that's where I was at. And also, I really like the idea of getting hitched. I like the idea of making a commitment, having a fabulous party, but when it came down to the aesthetic details like a big white dress, which I never really envisaged, and which is why I had this crisis, if you've heard me talk about it before, that I bought a dress, a strapless, big, buffy. It was gorgeous, but it was not me. And every time I got in it, I was like, ugh, this is going to fall down. I don't really like this. I mean, I love it, but I don't. I feel like I was forced, I I forced, no one else forced me to do this, to try and fit into that mold. And it was not me. And that's why three weeks before the wedding, I had a little, not meltdown, I had a very calm moment of we're going, I don't want to wear that dress. And I went and bought another one, the dress that you see me in on my website, on our wedding day. 
I was delighted and I felt so comfortable and jazzed about wearing it. And uh, I sent the other dress to the Goodwill. Someone's wearing that and hopefully had a nice time. So, Jenny, when I read your email, I couldn't agree more with you. I felt exactly the same way. We shouldn't feel conditioned to feel a certain way. We shouldn't feel obliged to feel a certain way. I've mentioned before I'm writing my next book called Bride Chiller and I've written a crazy, I'm really proud of it, a crazy chapter on obligation about everything that surrounds a wedding and not just about inviting people and feeling obliged to have people involved. It's an obligation to feel a certain way about an event that you might not feel that way about. We mentioned before lovely Melissa and talking about um, her wedding and she said that people were saying to her about her depression, going, don't be depressed, you're getting married. And you're like, well, get fucked. Don't tell me what to feel, especially when I'm, you know, in suffering. And you can't just say you're instantly going to be overjoyed because you're planning a wedding. There are different associations, different feelings that we all have to certain events and we can't be expected to be robots and decide we want to do things exactly the same way or feel exactly the same way because everyone else does or because Pinterest tells us to feel this way or Martha Stewart Weddings says that. I love Martha Stewart Weddings, but honestly, I don't think half the people in it are real. So, you know, when I read this, Jenny, I wanted to say to you, here's the thing. A wedding can be whatever you want it to be. And it sounds like you've listened to a lot of my show, so I'm sure you've heard me say that before. Just because friends are going, oh my God, why aren't you feeling this way? You go, shh, 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 shh. You can feel that way about your wedding. You can do whatever you want. You can wear the big dress. You can get married in a church. You can have 400 people there. You can get into debt and have cake and flowers and whatever. I'm going to do whatever the damn hell I want to do. And if you don't get excited about doing these sort of formal, traditional aspects of the wedding, dump them. Ditch those things, girlfriend. If you want to wear denim jeans and Converse and get married in a library or go to the town hall and then go to your favorite restaurant or get hitched on a plane, can you do that? I don't know. I'm sure you can. Or go on a cruise. You don't have to do anything. And I feel like friends, oh, friends can be really helpful in these situations. Also can be really nightmarish in saying, oh, I'm a bit worried. Why isn't Jenny bridal why i mean what does it matter to them if you want to wear a big dress or you are excited about something or not weddings are a great time to and i talked about this a couple of episodes about about friends and about white noise and opinions and weddings are a great time to be able to maybe work on blocking some of that shit out and saying thank you i really appreciate your opinion but i don't care i just don't care i really don't care you're great, but we're not seeing eye to eye on this. And the fact that they're thinking you're crazy for not feeling a certain way about your wedding, there's a disconnect there. But also it's part of society that people go, well, you should be doing this because this is what we always do. It's tradition. Well, not this time. Not this time. So it's a it's a, it's a hard and challenging time and exercise to play when you aren't necessarily uh, following the norm. And that's exciting in a way as well because, Jenny, this is your chance to say, listen, I'm going to do it this way. I feel excited about this aspect of the wedding. I do think one one thing I always sort of advise is to say, what is it when you close your eyes, if you don't imagine that big white dress and the big party and all that sort of stuff, what is it that makes you excited? Maybe it's just going somewhere with your partner and having a really quiet ceremony in fucking Disneyland or something or on a hill in Scotland. I don't know. Whatever floats your boat. But it is really trying to connect with what you want to do and what excites you about the day. Um, and maybe it is 
something really crazy and different. And I think you should embrace every moment of craziness because I think they're the friends of the crazy ones for saying that you're crazy for not getting excited. Does that make sense? That's a roundabout way to say just do what you want to do and uh, stop all this white noise that's happening because it's unnecessary and it's not worth worrying about. Thank you for writing and listening to the show, Jenny. I hope that I am inspiring you to um, plan a great wedding, plan what you want to do, have a laugh and have a nice time. So I appreciate that very much and the time that you took to write to me. If you have a question, visit savethedatepodcast.com. You'll see a small menu bar at the top of the page. Click on the contact thing. It'll come up with a you know email or, as I said, leave me a voicemail. Golly G. Willikins, it is so nice to see so many people taking me up on my small request slash offer slash advertisement uh, of buying a bride chiller tote or tea. I've created this small range of merchandise to support the show. It's an easy way to be able to send me a virtual tip if you would like to say it, see it this way. Podcasts are free and they're always going to be free as long as iTunes and Stitcher keep allowing us to do that. I will be giving you the option to download the podcast for evs. For evs. I don't know if I'll be making the podcast for evs because you don't want to hear an 80-year-old Alicia talking about weddings. Maybe you do. That could be hot. But it's really one of those things that's quite challenging to make an income from podcasting at the moment. It's quite a new medium. A lot of businesses are very reluctant to sponsor shows. And also, I'm really wary. I get approached by companies reasonably often. But the thing is, I don't want to be touting goods. I don't want to be selling goods or putting my name and my reputation to goods that well are not what suit this show. I'm really aware of maintaining trust and dignity with you as a viewer, listener, audience, and I don't want to be accepting sponsorships that don't fit the mold of what I'm trying to put out there, my message. It's really important to maintain credibility and your trust. Now, that's not to say I wouldn't accept sponsorships because I've been offered things that I think are relevant. I have um, happily had occasional sponsors on the show. So Rich and I put our heads together and that's where we're like, all right, if we can, if we can get a, a couple of t-shirt and tote sales, at least it would cover our expenses of, um, putting the show out there and, and just trying to start a bit of a business and get a bit of a bride chiller empire happening. <laughs> I say that and I shouldn't giggle at my own business plan. That's not good. I need to say that with more confidence, but the bride chiller idea really does. It's exactly what I want to get out there and share with you. So by buying a t-shirt or a tote, and uh, being able to spread the word that way, I think, is a really nice balance and it's a happy medium at the moment to what I want to get going with the podcast. So, of course, the Bride Chiller book's coming in the next couple of months. I'll be happy to talk a little bit more about that when it comes. That's another way that um, you'll be able to help support the show. And also, I think it's going to be a really good read, if I do say so myself. There it is. Thank you so much again for uh, listening to the show Another great way to say thank you and uh, to acknowledge that you enjoy the show is just to send a tweet or a Facebook post or an Instagram. If you, I love what people are doing. They are taking um, photos of their phones or screen grabs or whatever and Instagramming it and hashtagging or, and, uh, you know, hashtagging at Bride Chiller and tagging me in. Alicia underscore save the date is me. That also is a really nice way for people to see it because, like I always say, if you go to a restaurant that you really like and you tell a friend, it's far better hearing it from a friend than reading, you know, a review online that might be made up 
by people in another country that are paid to do that. Oh, TripAdvisor, you constantly fool me. I don't know who's real and who's not. All right, I'm going to end the show on a happy note. I hope you are having a fantastic, fantastic holiday season if you're listening. And if uh, you have a question, visit SaveTheDatePodcast.com and I will happily help you out. And uh, make sure you subscribe. Enjoy the rest of the week. Until Monday's episode, happy days. Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.